Have you ever thought to yourself, I need to make room for God? Or maybe you didn't really think about that question. Maybe you're feeling a void or emptiness and there's something that is missing and you're feeling unfulfilled. Making room for God is not just something where he just rains this down on heaven and he's just like, here I am and I'm an overflow. But it's really about us being intentional with our time, being intentional with our prayer life, being intentional with our fasting and saying, God, I need you to be in every area of my life. This is how we live a fulfilled life. This is how we become the overcomers that God has called us to do. This is how we are becoming strengthened so that we can go and do the works of him that has sent us. We have to be believers who say, Lord, I'm feeling something off or I know that I need to spend more time with you. So it's no longer about stopping and procrastinating and not doing the things, but it's really about fulfilling that desire and the Holy Spirit leading you to get closer to him. So today we're going to talk about how to make room for God. How do we do it? How do we actually become intentional about it so that we can see the glory of God revealed in our lives so that we can see the glory of God revealed here on earth? Let's talk. Welcome back. Welcome back. I am so excited that you are back. Thank you for coming back here to Conquer and Be Podcast, where we talk about the joys of developing a personal relationship with Christ. I am the voice behind Conquer and Be Podcast, Jennifer Jefferson. Thank you for all those who are new. Hello. And thank you for all those who are returning. Today, I am beyond excited because I have my brother from another mother and father here on the line with me. (laughs) (laughs) He has been a good friend and a brother to me since college. Yeah. So we're talking about what, 20 years, over 20 years now, Will? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a minute, but I'm so excited to have my brother on the line with me, Willie Wynn Jr. He is an anointed man of God. He is a husband to my girl, Kim. He is an evangelist. When I first met Will, it was through evangelism. Yeah. It was through college. I believe it was Campus Crusaders. Yep. And we connected through there and Willie was the one because none of us had a car, but Willie. <laughs> <laughs> you remember this, Willie? <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the 1996 Toyota Avalon. And we we fit the world in that car. Yeah. Yeah. We hit the world in that car and we went to church. We went to everywhere in that car. And Willie, whoever wanted to come, Willie figured it out. And so I'm excited to have my brother here. We are interviewing him. and We're going to talk to him about his book. And I believe it's your first book, right? This is my first book. And Jennifer, it is an honor for you to have me as a guest on. I am very humble. Thank you so much. I love what you're I doing. Am. I am excited because number one, you know, I respect you. I just to see the growth over your life and what God has done. I am thrilled because unfortunately with a lot of us who really started out some years ago, we've seen people go different directions. And, and so we still praying and we're still interceding, but to have you 
and Kim to be so about the will of God and really do what God has called you to do. We're going to be here talking about your book, How to Make Room for God. And it's something when when I was reading this book, Will, yeah, I said, this thing is full of wisdom. It is full of, number one, the word of God, which is so important. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's very instructional. And I just want to give people because see, you can get this on Amazon and we will we want you to go get this on Amazon and this will bless your life. But I just want to go through that because it's 10 chapters. And these are the different areas where the Lord led Willie to discuss about. Um, how to make room for needful replacements and transitions, how to make room to trust the power of God's word, how to make room to trust God with material wealth, how to make room for Christ's power through fasting, how to make room to hear God's voice, how to make room to listen and engage with others through evangelism, how to make room to forgive, examining Job's friendship. Oh, Job's friendship. And I always mispronounce this, please. El Elsevet. And what is it? We Everybody have- pronounces it different ways. I'll say Eliphaz. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Eliphaz. Yeah. Everybody has it. Yeah. But we, we know where you are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then how to make room for the right relationships, how to make room for humility and prayer, and how to make room to forgive others. So tell me the origin story behind this book. Where did it come from? Yeah, I, I, absolutely, Jennifer. And again, I, I'm so honored to be here. Um, how did this book come about? This book really came about just through me having a relationship with God. I didn't even know what God was up to when I was mm-hmm. hearing his small, still voice just say the two words, make room. Hmm. I heard this in prayer and I was like, OK, well, God, you, you're telling me to, to, to make room for you. So if you're telling me this, you, you're going to have to show me. I, I just mm-hmm. can't come up with stuff and think that it's going to please you. You're going to have to really show me. So l- long story short, Jennifer, I started studying the word and just spending time with God more time with God in prayer for him to specifically, uh, you know, show me w- w- what's going to please you, you know, without faith, you can't please God. So God has mm-hmm. to direct me on how to make room. And so long story short, Jennifer, um, I was hearing this for months in and months out, months in and months out. And uh, one night, uh, you know, Kim, my wife and I were, were actually in France on vacation and the mm-hmm. Lord woke me up. It was around one, two o'clock in the morning. And lo and behold, what do you think I heard? <laughs> make room, make room. <laughs> And I'm like, you know, God, I'm on vacation wow. and, and you, 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 you're still speaking this to me. And, and of course, <laughs> vacation doesn't mean you vacate from the presence of God. I had an old pastor Ooh. that told me that a while back. That's good. Pastor Sino Aguizzi, he, he told me, he says, Willie, just because you uh, vacation doesn't mean that you vacate from God. You can have fun and still be in the presence of God. Right. That's um, good. So I'm like one, two o'clock in the morning. And, uh, and I hear this and I'm like, oh, Lord, you've been telling me this for months and clearly it's something that I'm not getting. And I'm having to humble myself right to say, OK, God, what is it that I'm not getting? Because clearly I'm not pleasing you. And, 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 and it hit differently this time. I began to listen to the Lord and he says, I'm calling you to write a book. And all these mm. months I've been relationally showing you how to make added space, added room in your life. Now I it's see. time since you've got this in relationship. It's time for you to help other people with their relationship through the form of a book. So to, to answer your question, that, that's pretty much how it came about. The whole time I was hearing that make room, I had nothing in my mind that was relative to a book. And mm-hmm. to the Lord, uh, you know, gave me that revelation, Jennifer, on, uh, on vacation that, that night. Yeah. 
You know, what's interesting when you're talking about like the origin of this and really it's about relationship and being obedient, right? And I heard this apostle say this. He said, our job is to be obedient and surrender. Yeah, yeah. There is no creativity when it comes to that, right? It's just do what God has instructed you. But it's like at the same time, there is this relationship that God is giving you and he was giving you wisdom. He was giving you the pages of the book without mm. even realizing that, right? And so yeah. a lot of times we we miss the importance. I love when you said the still small voice of God. Yeah. And I do feel like what has happened is because even that meant you have to make room for God to show up in various ways. He, yeah. He's going yeah. to speak to us in so many ways, but I do feel like we've come, sometimes I feel like we're waiting for a huge sign or a huge yeah. type of thing to happen that's going to say, oh, that's God. But instead of us having these quiet moments of being still with God, right? And yeah. so like, what are what are some of the importance of being still and quiet with God that opens the door of making room for him? Yeah, I, I, I want to answer this question in a more pragmatic way. May God help me. All right, mm-hmm. so, you know, Jennifer, if you and I are, are, are having a conversation, which we are, we're going back and forth. Mm-hmm. If I'm the only person that's talking, and I'm just I might be telling you some really great things, some sweet things. But if I'm the only person that's talking and I'm not mm-hmm. having any type of space for you to also communicate with me, guess who's going to be talking? That's good. I'm just going to be the one talking. And oftentimes, you know, God is in a relationship with us just like we're in relationship with people. Right. Mm. And so sometimes we, we we might have people that that, that we're cool with. Right. And, and they mm-hmm. may be very overly talkative. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to the point to where when we have relationships with them, they may talk 95% of the time, 5% of the time that we may be talking. And it should be like that, right, with any relationship, especially with God, right? We, mm-hmm. we need to listen and we need to communicate. And if we're not listening, but we're just communicating, what we're saying is going to be off because it's not conversational. It's just one person talking. And, you, you know, communication is two way. It's two way. Mm-hmm. At least effective. I, I feel like communication, to be honest with you, effective communication is more on listening than it is on talking. I, I would agree. I would agree. I would agree. So really, it is about just really having those very small, those quiet, silent times with the Lord, because I appreciated this. Um, it was maybe maybe a couple months ago. The Lord uh, placed Chris and I on your heart, you and Kim's heart to pray for us. And yeah. while we were talking and one of the things that came up, you one of you all mentioned about being quiet mm-hmm. and just really being intentional about hearing the voice of the Lord before praying. Yeah. Because a lot of times we get so used to just really dumping our stuff on the Lord. Right. But what you said, like God, as we are also in relationship with him, just as God is in relationship with us. So he's constantly wanting to talk to us. And it's really about having a heart posture of humbling ourselves and opening our heart to where God, I am removing X, Y, Z out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. In order to hear you. Right. And and I know this comes from <clears throat> excuse me, it comes from spending more time with God, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. praying, fasting in his word. And one thing I can say, your book, when I say now, Willie, I have read a lot of books by Christian authors and I, I'll say this because I'm I, it, some of the books. Yeah, they it's very inspirational, mm-hmm. and there are going to be some scriptures in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but this book, 
you guys, when I tell you guys this book is a Bible study along with instruction. This book makes you want to take out your word and say, wait a minute, let me go back and read that. Let let me go ahead and study this. <laughs> Why was it so important for you to have so much of the word of God? Because it's literally on every other page. It's a scripture. Why is that so important? You know, when you look at a topic um, that that's so in your face, how to make room for God, uh, you know, Jennifer, you and I know a lot of people out there listening may know that God is the word, you know, I mean, John mm-hmm. 1, 1 says that, you know, it, what does it say? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was the word God. Was God. And so if you're telling people um, legitimately and authentically how to make room for God, but you're not pointing them in the word, something is off about that. Right. So, mm-hmm. so right. The topic of this book, it had to be scripture packed. Um, you know, the, the word also creates like an anchor, you know, it's kind of like if I had like a boat and I didn't want mm-hmm. that boat to move by the dock, I will put mm-hmm. an anchor on it so that it could be steel. Mm, that's good. And, and oftentimes, you know, we can get off into some weird, wacky stuff if we yes. don't anchor ourselves in the word of God and we start getting off into opinion uh, yes. and, and things that have nothing to do with the word of God. So if you're going to tell somebody how to make room for God, you got to show them the word and then anchor everything you're talking about based off the word if it's going to be legitimate. That's good. And, and the thing is... I don't know. I feel like I'm on this mission that the Lord is really transitioning me on and even to help others is the importance of the word of God. But mm-hmm. also because but one thing and I'm pretty sure you've heard this too. People are like, well, I just don't desire to re- read the word of God. Yeah. And there's going to be moments where we desire it. And there's going to be moments to where it's like we just have to discipline ourselves. There you go. To read the word of God. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said about the word of God is like an anchor. This is our anchor. It keeps us from straying so far away from various things and um, into various beliefs. And because child, there's a lot of stuff that's out here. A lot of stuff. (laughs) There is a lot of strange stuff (laughs) that is out here. And this stuff, it sounds good. Yeah. And the thing is, not only does it sound good, but it also may be somewhat similar to the scripture. Mm, yeah. So one of the things that you talked about, which I thought was so really, really, really good in here, it was because I do feel like so many of these things, you know, when the Bible talks about itchy ears, I feel like is we we like it because we feel like it's yeah. adding, is pulling us and is a solution in a t- type of way, mm-hmm. but also it really doesn't require us to deny ourselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah. So we're listening to things that, oh, it sounds right. It sounds good, but I don't have to really deny myself. And you speak on, um, I believe it's in the first chapter yeah. about denying yourself and why it is so important to deny ourselves. Because I already know for me, when I heard that growing up, deny yourself, I'm like, God, Lee, what else? Mm-hmm. I got to give up. Mm-hmm, 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 what mm-hmm. else is it that I need to give up? But what is that exchange like in the yeah. spirit for us as believers? Yeah, absolutely. So let, let, let's break this down in the simplest form uh, in mm-hmm. scripture and in definition. Right. Because mm-hmm. uh, I know everybody's familiar with that word deny, but we just want to break it down. Deny simply means you're not allowing it. This ain't happening, right? Oh, that's good. Or it means to refuse something, right? That's good. Like, this is not going to happen on my watch, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So 
Jennifer, n- neither you or I came up with that saying, deny yourself. That, that, that mm-hmm. saying is actually rooted through Jesus Christ right in the gospel. Mm-hmm. So now that we, we, we've gone and we've talked about the basic definition of deny, let's now go to the root of the source so that we can really give people an understanding here. And mm-hmm. so in Jesus' words, and this is really quick, Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 24, mm-hmm. Jesus is talking to his disciples, right? And he says, uh, whoever wants to be my disciple, we know disciple also means it's another word simply for the follower. We say sometimes these churchy church words, and sometimes mm-hmm. we don't really <laughs> always get the definition of what they mean. So a disciple is simply a follower. That's good. Right. Somebody could be a disciple good. of the devil if they're following the devil. You could be a disciple of Jesus if you're following his teachings, right, in his word. Real talk. Yeah. So he says, whoever wants to be my disciple, my being Jesus, the Jesus's words, he says, it must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So that, that's mm-hmm. the root of denying. Um, so if we're going to follow Christ, we have to deny ourselves. It's kind of like this. Everybody's familiar with that Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Yes. So a sheep has to deny the way they want to go if they're going to follow the lead of the shepherd. If they don't follow that's the good. lead of the shepherd, they're going to be wolves and all kind of crazy animals out there, right? That want to get Very some true. sheep meat, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so denying yourself is, even though it sounds really bad and it sounds really harsh and it's like, who wants to deny themselves? Like, what does that mean? What what kind of life is that? But when you really understand the essence of what Jesus is talking about, he's like, listen, Mm -hmm. I want you to make room for me because I'm your creator. I'm your shepherd. And you know the Mm -hmm. way. I'll say this. I'm going to really dumb this down even more. Just break it down. Mm-hmm. So I work for a, a very large manufacturer, a, a company that produces garage door operators, gate operators, things of that nature, right? Mm-hmm. And so if someone bought a gate operator or a garage operator from us and they wanted to know how to use it, mm-hmm. why would they go to another company? Why wouldn't they just go to the source of the company that made that machine? Sir, that's it. That's it. So you have to deny the way you think that the uh, the thing operates. A lot of people don't like reading instructions. And sometimes instructions can be boring. It takes a little time out the schedule. But I'd mm-hmm. rather sit down and read the instruction and get the thing right than, than lean good. into my own understanding, right? I got to deny how I think and what it looks like. And let me just go to the instruction. And sometimes we just have to crack open that Bible yes, and, and, and figure out what God wants us to do with our life because he, he He designed the blueprint. Like he's got the manual, right? So we have to, yes. so denying ourselves when you break it down that way really ain't bad, is it? It's nice. <laughs> it really, I think, you know what, because here's the thing. Denying ourselves is really another way of God showing up in his love. Yes. Because everything that God does, it comes from a place of love. It comes from a place of the of the betterment of us. So I love what you said. First of all, Chris has said this so many times. He's like, babe, we have direct access to God. Yeah, yeah. When people talk about, oh, I got the keys, I got the secrets, I got... No, as believers and followers of Christ, yeah. because God has given us the word of God, because we have the Holy Spirit, we have direct access through Jesus Christ to go straight to the one who created everything. There we go. There we go. And we miss out on, and I love what you said, how denying is actually a benefit for us. When we sit here and deny ourselves, my God, what are we opening ourselves to? Here we go, making room for God. So we're making room for his, more of his wisdom, his love, his joy, his instruction. And a lot of times we know this, things that we've even been praying for and asking for, it comes from first, we got to deny ourselves. 
Yeah. Yeah. And he knows the steps that we need to take. You know, yes, there's a very popular scripture. Uh, the steps of a good man, of course, women are included. Steps yes. of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So who wouldn't want the person that created you to order your steps? Because if he created you, he <laughs> has a plan right for, for all of our lives. So if we think that we have the plan, that that's the problem right there, because we don't have the plan. We're just the we creation. Don't. Right. We're just the, cre- the creation. <laughs> never has the plan. The creator has the plan. Right. <laughs> Right. And so who wouldn't want to make room for the one that created you? If you're convicted that the one created you and you didn't create yourself, when you find out who created you and, you know, Jennifer and I, we believe that's Jesus Christ, right? We believe that's that it. God has created us. And so, I mean, my goodness, that, that that's, that's a win-win. It. it is a win-win. And I, and I know when I was reading this book, well, How to Make Room for God, it is very meaty. It's a lot of wisdom. Right. And I think it's so beautiful. And it was legit from like, I would say probably like the third. Let me go look at this because I know I started highlighting stuff, even in the doggone introduction. I wasn't even in. I wasn't even in. I said, wait a minute. I'm not even the first chapter. I'm in introduction of this and there's so much meat and wisdom and there's so many things I have underlined this. But the truth is, it causes me to humble myself. Mm. It causes me to really sit back and desire to learn more of God Mm. through his word, through instruction, through wisdom. And it's like one of the things I was um, that you talked about in here, because it is like once I once again, like I said, it's so much good wisdom. I've been telling people, I said, look here, you need to go and get this book. I think a couple podcasts ago, I repeated something that you said. And I said, look, we're going to interview my brother. I'm so excited about this. But this is one of those books to where as believers, we need, it's not a book of fluff. Yeah. Yeah. Glory to God. Yeah. You were led by the spirit. And in here, it says this, I think it's on page 29. It says, replace the familiarity to make room for God's power. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At the yeah. end of the day, we all struggle with that on some some level, right? Without question. Without question. Without question. And we and that goes back into how we deny ourselves. Because some things that we are familiar with, we may not see it as a sin or a weight. There you go. Yeah. So it's like, Lord, help us with this to replace familiarity. And I love when you said the consistent theme of this chapter is to understand that replaces certain habits and mindsets that we hold uh, is often the missing key. The Mm -hmm. missing key. Please talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, you know, a word that I think about that I oftentimes associate with familiarity is tradition. Hmm. And and I'm not going to sit here and say that all tradition is is, is bad because Mm -hmm. I'd be a liar if I said that. But there is a lot of tradition that goes against the word of God that we've been taught culturally that is right. That's good. And some tradition we have, we don't even know why we do it. Right. No, we don't. Um, I'll give you a really good example. Um, And and may God rest her soul. My my maternal grandmother, she was a sweet, sweet lady. She was born in like 1917. Mm -hmm. Uh, she would she would say, don't talk at the table while you're eating. Hmm. <laughs> I've never. Yeah. Don't, was it just like, for manners or was it like a superstitious thing? What was that? I, you know, she never really explained it. And that's the thing. That's what's in my tradition. 
Now, if she had explained it, you know, <laughs> but I, so, so what I'm saying, some tradition is not even explained. Like, okay, True. so, so, you, you know, I'm your elder and this is what yeah. you do. And I'm not going to tell yeah. you why. Right. <laughs> but yes, yeah, she did not believe in talking at the dinner table. Right. I grew wow. up, I grew up where uh, we, we did not eat dinner on the couch. You would always mm-hmm. eat dinner at the dinner table. And uh, mm-hmm. right. And when I got married to Kim, Kim was like, no, we, we're just going to eat dinner wherever. Right. If we, we're going to have it. a TV on and we're going to eat, you know, <laughs> right. We're going to enjoy yeah. our chicken and our steak, our big piece of chicken on the couch. Yeah. And so and I don't want to get too far off the blueprint here, but you get what I'm saying? Like sometimes yeah. we have to when you talk about familiarity, familiarity is not always necessarily linked to God. It's just things that sometimes we've been taught, things that have been a part of our culture. But, you know, the word says that all of our getting, we should get understanding. So it's not getting that we're here bashing tradition. That's but if we're going to if it's going to be a tradition, if it's going to be a part of our like uh, mindset or if it's going to be a habit, you know, yeah. we, we, when you think about the word habit, a habit is like um uh, like a regular tendency or a practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why is it sometimes we do things, but we can't explain to others nor ourselves sometimes why we do what we do. And that's if that's good. a situation, if there's anything in our life that's become a habit, but we don't know why it's a habit. Right. That, that could be a problem. A big problem. A big problem. Because not, not only could, could it have you bondage, but it could even have other people bondage that are following your lead and your direction. And, and you this can is raise a whole new generation under that. And it happens. It, it, yes. it happens. It happens generation after generation. Like there's some things that people can understand and explain and other mm-hmm. things they can't explain, but they just say, you just do this. That's and it. And that, that's not a good thing. And it causes people to be rebellious, right? That's at at some point, you know, because like you're telling me to do this, but you haven't really given me the why. So when I get a, a, of age a little bit and I have a mind for myself and nobody still told me why, they I'm go not going to follow opposite. this. Yep. Yeah, is the, and it could be the truth, but if you haven't explained the truth, Mm. I feel like th- th- this thing that you hadn't explained to me has had me in bondage. I haven't had freedom. And if we can just tell people this is why you don't need to do this and they understand it, now they don't necessarily feel like that bondage. Because they're like, well, you, you, you're giving me instruction to save my life. You're giving me instruction so I don't go down the wrong path. That's if it. you haven't explained it, it's like, wh- why do I have a reason to really listen to this or, or follow it? That's and it. So, yeah. It's, it's when... It's one of these things that's interesting when Chris and I, when we started our family, one of the things that Chris said, he said, Bay, I want us to make sure that we are teaching our children wisdom. Yeah. We just don't want to because, you know, you and I and Chris and Kim, we grew up in the, uh, under the parents. And look, we love our parents mm-hmm. where it was you do as I say type of situation. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but there is so much wisdom in taking time out to explain something to someone regarding anything that we do, because what happens, I feel it sparks a curiosity as well. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. That, so that's important. If we, if I'm teaching someone, Hey, we don't do this because of X, Y, Z. Right. So mm-hmm. now, because I have grown up in that environment, I can actually take that over into my spiritual life. Because yeah. we don't realize a lot of the things that we were raised in. So the familiarity that you talk about in the book, how because we're familiar with certain things, we're actually best way to say to kind of like removing or kind of closing the door for God. This yeah. stuff overflows in our spiritual walk, the things that we do in the natural. And there's scriptures behind it, but whatever the things that we do in the natural, mm-hmm. it does impact our direct relationship with God. So one thing is when we're talking about familiarity and how to 
make room for the Lord and replacing the familiar familiarity with God's power. Right. How they're like, I'll say it like this. How do we know maybe the signs that yeah. uh, this is familiar? This is like, once again, like I said, we may not even know that this is a weight because some things we think, oh, it's harmless, but we're not seeing certain things maybe come to pass or we're not having maybe a certain level of peace that we desire. How do we know that, wait a minute, I'm, there's too many familiar things in my life that I need to remove? Yeah, that, that's, that's a great, great question. So how, how do we actually determine familiarity? Yes. L- let's kind of break this down in a very simple form and just going back to, to habits. Right there, they're all kind of habits that we can have, and oftentimes we don't even know that some of our habits are just not of God, right? Mm-hmm. So, to give an example, like we, we live in a world where uh, a, a lot of people like to boast and, yes. and put themselves on a pedestal to, to the mm-hmm. point, Jennifer, where it's actually become normalized and it's become so familiar, and to no one thinks that that's it, there's anything wrong with it, but it's, mm-hmm. it's dysfunctional, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, look, Proverbs twenty seven two tells us, "Let someone else praise you, and not Ooh, your own good. mouth." That's an good. outsider and not your own lips. That's good. And, and back in the day, you know, there, there was no Twitter. There was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. Right. <laughs> and so I'm sure that even back in the day, Solomon probably would have thrown in there. Don't 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 praise yourself on social media. Don't put yourself out there. Right. Right. And right. And, 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 you know, and, and listen, it's nothing wrong with with sometimes, you know, the Bible. I, I want to be balanced here. The Bible does also say, uh, and this is just coming to my, my heart here to, to let others see your good works so that they yes. may glorify God. Yes. So even when people are seeing our good works or good things about us, which is nothing wrong with that, it's all about like, are you being meek or are you being humble with it? Or is it really all about you? Right. There you go. And God knows our heart. I I can't judge anybody. You know, I can't sit Mm -hmm. here and try to like debunk somebody's motives. That's not my I I got too many issues of my own to do that. Right. (laughs) But right. right? But 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 I have to just I have to say, well, God, you know, just show me myself. And so that I can stop myself if I'm if I'm doing something ignorant or I'm putting myself on a pedestal, let, yes. let me stop it before you stop me. Because pride comes before destruction, right? It comes before destruction. So, um, but yeah, I, it's, it's, it's so many different ways about we can really spin that answer. But it's uh, it's really but one thing that you said because you're right. There's so many different ways. One thing I like is really having this humble spirit of like, Lord, show me me. Yeah, yeah. Really uh, open, and I. And I'll say this, let's not wait until something falls apart to ask that question of like, uh, why? You get what I'm saying? Because it's just about the relationship of Lord, reveal those things within my life that are familiar, that is blocking you, that yeah. is hindering me from seeing you. And I do what's so interesting. I was thinking about, um, uh, I was talking to Chris earlier about some other stuff. And uh, you probably remember this analogy. I felt like preachers used to use this analogy all the time back in the day when they would mm-hmm. take like a picture of water that was dirty. Yeah. And then they took another picture that was clean. And it was like, if you keep pouring, 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 it's like the dirt will overflow. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like all of a sudden you're clean. And so I remember this uh, analogy. And I was thinking about this because when we focus so much on the Lord, the Lord has a way of revealing the things that are not like him. Yeah, for sure. And at the end of the day, when it comes for making room, it is, I feel, is having a heart posture of, Lord, I need to see you in all things. Yes. 
Yes. And, and you, you said something a few moments ago, if we can just kind of hit the rewind button here, mm-hmm. you said that we should not let things fall apart is what I heard you say, right? Yes. Before we actually, and, and, and that, that's the beauty of a pure relationship. I mean, if we just kind of break it down in the most simplest term, mm. if you're dating somebody or you're married to somebody, right? Just relationship, mm-hmm. period, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you're not even dating or married to them, but it's just someone you're in a close relationship with. Mm-hmm. Why would you allow uh, the relationship to break down to its lowest point before you do something about, you know, just. That's so good. Right. What, what, who, who would wait until something just messes up? I mean, if it's a true relationship and you want the best for that person and you really respect and love that person, That's you're good. not going to wait until things, re- you know, re- really go fall apart. You're going to get the thing regular maintenance, right? That's it. <laughs> you're not going to wait it. until the wheels fall off. Uh, because it. It, when the wheels fall off, oftentimes, and, and, and don't get me wrong, if it gets to that point, I know God still loves us enough to where he can get us back on the road. But I think it's a lot more functional. And I think it's a lot, just a lot more culture to just do regular maintenance because we just love God opposed to us just crying or coming to him when things get crazy. Oh, uh, pimps do that, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know and, and we don't, we don't, we don't pimp God. We love him, right? That's we it. Don't go when we need something, God is not a, he's not a genie. It's not like you get three wishes. No. But we treat him like that sometimes. So, uh, right. And sometimes we and, and don't even know it. And don't even know it. Right. Cause you even talk about that under the genie versus God's will basically. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we treat God like this genie. I just, Lord, if I just can rub this and I'll say the right words and this will come to manifestation, which is really big right now. Right. So, but I love what you said, the purity of a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that when we are in this relationship with God to where it is about him. Yeah. Then I'm not saying that is easy, but maybe Mm -hmm. it can be a little bit more easier to accept his will. There you go. You you just mentioned something about manifestation. You, you, I heard you say that word, yes. and you also mentioned about accepting His will. Yes. Um. One thing about faith, and I really want to like communicate this in the most simplest form. Uh, faith is not hope. Hmm. Right. Um. H- hope is expectation. Okay. That's good. But but this is the thing. Um. Hope has to ride on the coattail of faith. So uh, wait a minute. Say that again. Yeah. So hope has to ride on the coattail of faith. That is good. So faith is the will of God. Faith is what God wants for our lives. And so if I'm just hoping based on my hope and the hope is not aligned with faith, I'm just hoping and I'm just pulling things out of my coattail. Mm-hmm. And God is like, what, what, what are you? Why, why isn't your hope lined up with the faith that I've given you to believe in? The, you know, I mean, the Bible says that anything that we ask, Jennifer, according to his will, he hears us. That's good. He didn't say anything you asked. I hear you. He says anything that you ask according. According to my will. To my will. Yes. And so when we talk about making room for God, the way we make room for him is to be able to tap into his will. Now, somebody might say, well, well, Willie, this makes sense what you're saying, but how do I even know God's will? Just really break that down Mm -hmm. in the most simplest form so I can apply it. Because that's what wisdom, the wisdom applies. That's good. Yes. Wisdom doesn't just tell you what it applies. It shows you how to apply it to your life. Mm-hmm. to where it's relevant. Um, so, you know, the book in large part, Jennifer, when we talk about how to make room for God, I think the first way we make room for God is knowing his word. His word is his will. That's good. Um, yes. Right. We, we make room for God also in, in prayer because prayer, we talked about, it's a two-way communication. If your prayer is just a one-way communication and you think you're handling prayer, you're not. Mm-hmm. Because prayer is two-way. 
you communicate to God. You also mm-hmm. ask God for things. Uh, the, the Bible calls it petitioning. Petitioning. That's good. Um, yeah, petitioning is a request. You repent, you, meaning you, you ask God for forgiveness, and you also turn away. Repentance mm-hmm. is two-way, right? You That's do all good. those things in prayer in the midst of making room uh, you know, for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the, these are all principles that the Bible, you know, really, really talks about it. We just want to simplify it, you know, in terms of, you know, when we talk about the two way communication, Jennifer, a lot of people really struggle with hearing uh, the voice of God or just knowing that it's God. Right. Um, hearing the voice of God is not always hearing that small, still voice that I talked about at the beginning. True. Some people don't really hear the small, still voice like that. And it's OK. That's um, true. But but the word of God is the most sure way that you hear God. Some people that are listening right now, Jennifer, I guarantee you, I bet my last dollar, they have dreams. Yes. Oh, that's good. That's a good point. A lot of people have dreams. And And I don't talk about this in the book. Yeah. But I don't. I didn't mention this in the book about dreams, Mm -hmm. but I just want to talk about this just as as it's coming to my ear. Some of your listeners are having dreams. And let's be real now. Not all dreams are of God. Sometimes maybe you ate a little bit too much of that Popeye's sweet and spicy or that ghost pepper chicken wing. Um, and, and right. And you get a little bubbly in your stomach and you take that to bed. I'm hey, talking to you. And, and then you're saying that's God. Right. But uh, but, you know, th- this is the beautiful thing about it. The Bible says that his sheep knows his voice and the voice yes. of a stranger that they won't follow. So. You know, if you belong to God, you know his voice. And, and when you have those dreams, God will just convince in your spirit that you know that you know yes. that it's God and it wasn't that ghost pepper Popeye's chicken. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And, and, and dreams, they have a tendency to correct. They they encourage. That's good. Um, and, and they provide insight in many cases on things to come. So dreams can be broken down into different, you know, departments. And um, that, so that, that goes really deep. But yeah, no, we're just talking about making good. room for God. Yeah. No, that's really good. And look, as you're talking, yeah. I, I'm going to need you to go pray about for you to do maybe a couple episodes, just you on the podcast about dreams, because uh, I know God has really, and I'm serious because yeah, yeah. God has really uh, gifted. I know the Lord speaks heavily to Kim through dreams. Sure. And, and God has really gifted you in that area of interpreting. But one thing I appreciate about you Willie, whenever, and I, I know it is spirit led and the Lord led you to this place, um, that whenever you prophesy or even if you give interpretation of a dream, you mm-hmm. pray, you sometimes will go on a fast, but then also number one, you consistently will back it up with the word of God. Yes. And, yeah. and what we have to understand, we're talking about hearing the voice of God is always going to be backed up with his word. That's so true. It's got to be. It has it's gotta to be. Because God would never reveal something to any person. I don't care how holy they present themselves to you. He would never present a word or insight to someone and it conflicts with the word of God. That's good. Th- yep. This is why we need to get into the word. So yep. that, <laughs> yep. so that yep. when people are prophesying, because we know there is. And once again, I, I was talking to um, this was about maybe about a couple of years ago and uh, mm-hmm. one of a, a good friend. And he was saying, you know, I'm concerned there's all these people prophesying here left or right. And I said, well, the Bible does say he will pour out his spirit and his mm-hmm. sons and daughters will prophesy. And I said, so, yeah, if, if we're in that season, that era, I don't know. I said, but at the end of the day, we have to be able to try the spirit by the spirit. We have to be able to use the word of God to say, okay, wait a minute. Does this align or does it contradict the word of God, what you are saying? Yes. And it's, and we have to be students of him and of his word. 
Yes. I, I'm interesting to say this to kind of add on to what Please. you're saying, because I, I totally agree. Uh, uh, now, I, I'm just going to say that this is how the Lord deals with me. And I, I'm just putting this emphasis on me mm-hmm. and the prophecy. Most of the time when I get a prophetic word, it's it's a small, still voice of the Lord speaking scripture. Mm. You see? Mm. Um, now, now, yes, th- there can be prophecy and it's not necessarily saying that it's a scripture, mm-hmm. but even when it's not a scripture, it's not going to conflict with scripture. But I, I can there only just testify for me when I hear the word of the Lord. Oftentimes it's God's small, still voice speaking a scripture. That's good. And I'll say, OK, God, I know that's you. Um, right. But but now, you know, hearing a scripture is one thing, but knowing how to apply it is a totally different thing, because even Satan tried to tempt uh, Jesus yes. when he was on the mountain with scripture. So we got to even be careful, you know, with that. Just and then that's when yes. wisdom comes in, you know, being able to apply it opposed to, to distorting and confusing scripture. So that that's important as well. But all that comes, I believe, with a relationship. I want to throw this out here, too. I just want to encourage all your listeners, you know, if they're struggling, Jennifer, to really get into the word of God, because sometimes, you know, f- first of all, it may be the translation that you're reading. I grew up on the King yes. James Version and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with the King James Version. But with right. that King James Version, maybe add a little bit of Amplified, add a little bit of uh, NIV, New International yes. Version, you know, to, 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 to the point to where, you know, the scripture speaks from a standpoint of how we speak in English in 2023. Yes. You know. Um, so that that helps, too. And then thoroughly, I just want to recommend uh, commentaries. You know, commentaries are really good at, at helping us to get the background and the history of scriptures. Mm-hmm. One, one commentary that I just want to uh, recommend to the audience is the Enduring Word. It's a free online commentary. So, for instance, if you're studying Matthew chapter five, mm-hmm. you would just Google Matthew five Enduring Word commentary mm-hmm. and you would see the breakout of the various scriptures in Matthew 5. So those are different ways that we can just just practically make room, understanding his word, putting emphasis and potency on his word. And I'm telling you, your life will never be the same. Practical ways to make room. I think sometimes we have, what's the best way to say it? Overly mystified, I guess you could say. I don't know. I'm probably yeah. making combining the words. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. I, <laughs> but I, feel I think yeah. we, I feel like we've made it maybe a little bit more complicated or, or a little bit too much when God is saying there are easy, God knew what he was doing when he created us and mm-hmm. he knew what we needed to really walk this walk according to his will. And mm-hmm. I don't want us, us to, you and I, and just for the body of Christ and those who are listening, my prayer is that we don't overlook the overly simple things Yeah, to make room, right? And, and then going yeah. back to like when we're talking about the word of God, sometimes you, we don't have the desire. Sometimes real talk, you had a long day. And yeah, it's just been sure. a long day. It's been a long week. It's been a long month. It's been yeah. a long year. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, then you mm-hmm. can look up like, Lord, I haven't read my word. I haven't prayed in a minute. So sometimes it's not that we, we can't rely on just this um, desire because there is there's two things. I know at one point in my life, I did ask the Holy Spirit. I said, Lord, I need you to really give me a desire and a hunger sure. for your word because I needed to see his word differently. Right. Mm. And exactly like you, I came up under the King James Version. Any of us mm. who are grown, grown, we, we if you've been in the church all your yes. life, it was King James. And I'm not saying King. I mean, King James. <laughs> King. <laughs> King. Yeah, the King. It was yeah. the King James. And every other version that came out was like, oh, no, that's a problem. But it's it is really about um, 
I know you you impl- you said the Amplify version. I really like that NLT version. I love the I, NLT. We got to put that out there. Love to the NLT. New Living Translation. Yes. And then yeah. also I will use sometimes uh, TPT, the Passion Translation. That's solid too. I love that. That's a good. And so it's just like using that. Now, even what you said about the enduring word. Once again, these are practical tools. Yeah. Yeah, There's absolutely. There's so many things out there. Go ahead. And, and something else that's practical too. I just really feel this on my heart and I hope this really blesses some people. Um, you know, when I first gave my life to Christ, I always thought that I needed to uh, get on my knees to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, and and mm-hmm. what I've learned is, you know, God will hear you. You could be driving in the car and God hears you just as much as there when you're you on go. your knees. No, no, wrong. Go. Kneeling is biblical. And, you know, and, and you know, Psalms and different passages do talk about kneeling. But yes. we don't want anybody to think that you have to come to God in a certain way in order to get a prayer through. Yes. Um, you could have a long day at work, be very tired and just get in your bed, lie down on your backside. And God hears you just as much tired as he does when you wake up in the morning with full strength. So we we have to dismiss and debunk any tradition. We're going back to tradition again. There you go. That God has to hear us in a different way. You know, uh, it has to be a specific way that we have to come to him from a standpoint of posture. Yes. Um, Now, as long as we're respecting God and we have to reverence God, but, but, Mm -hmm. but, you know, you don't have to be down on your knees. You don't have to, to say your prayers like the King James Version, like, Lord, thou art holy. <laughs> you can just say, God, you're holy. You're there holy. you go. If you have a little Southern accent, you can say, God, you're holy. That's it. <laughs> or you can say, God, you're the king. Because if I say, if I say, God, you're the, you're the king. Or if I say, there God, you're the king. God, God knows what I'm talking about, whether you're Southern or Southerner or Northerner. So we, we have to debunk this stuff, right? I think yes. that we have to come to God in a certain way because that shuts people off. From it God's does. These fallacies Help of thinking that we've got to. Yeah. So I just wanted to put that out there as well. No. And, and I think it's I appreciate you saying that because it does go back to tradition and familiarity. And when we hold on to these things, this is once again, not allowing the presence mm-hmm. of the Lord, right? We're not making room for him to show up. So like yeah. you said, I can, we can be in a tired dog, tired. We can be in a bed. Yeah. I mean, just exhausted. And we just start having a, there are times, well, look, I'm in a car and I'll be like, look, all right, God, let's talk. Cause there's been yeah. some things going on in my life. And go. I'm just trying to figure out what's what, you know what I mean? Cause for me, this is my father. So I'm going to talk to you as my child, as your child. Uh, yes. And, and so it is, as we grow in God, the Lord will begin to expose things that are hindering us from really having this uh, flourishing relationship with him. Cause yes. how to make room for him is this constant, uh, knowledge is the whole book. And it's really like, I, look, we didn't have time. We look, I want, this is, I really want y'all to get this book because he even talks about unforgiveness yes. that is holding so many of us back. Will it, it is. And we can talk about pro- financial prosperity and all those things. And listen, mm-hmm. I know the word addresses those things. I'm definitely not belittling that subject. Mm-hmm. But what good is it if we're talking about financial prosperity and wealth cometh, but 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 we're not loving anybody and we're not forgiving mm-hmm. people? Because Jesus died so that we could be forgiven, right? That's it. That's it. And so making room for God is not just making room for him, but it's also making room to forgive your neighbor. Wait a minute. We got to take a pause right here. Right here. I know some of you are thinking, is she interrupting right here? I am interrupting right here. Because I want you guys to go back 
and listen to this conversation. And then I want you to go to conqueringme.co and I want you to get Willie's book because we're going to come back next week with part two of this conversation that I had with my brother, Will. When I say the Lord gave him so many nuggets in this book, it's mind-blowing. It is for any of us who are serious about making room for God. We will tackle next episode about unforgiveness and even having how important your friend circle is. All of this stuff matters when making this room, making room for God. And I pray that we go back and look at ourselves, even from this one. We talk heavily about familiar and traditions and things like that. And not all traditions are bad. But the question is, is it stopping God? Things that we are familiar with. Is it stopping God? So I want you to go to conqueringme.co and I want you to get Willie's book. I want us to support him, but I also, I know that this is going to bless your life. And when I say you better pull out your Bible and pull out your pen and paper, because honey, you will have notes. You will have thoughts. Things will come up. You're going to go and read the scripture. It was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about it like this. Oh, that makes sense. I am dead serious. That is how good this book is. So I want you to come back next week so we can talk more about how to make room for God. And like what we always do, we end with prayer. Lord, I thank you for every person that has listened to this first part of this episode. Lord, I thank you for even the conversation that I had with my brother, Will. God, we have seen each other mature in the faith. And God, I thank you for continuing to allow all of us to mature in the faith and allow us to make room for you. Expose the areas where we have closed the doors for you and tell us where we need to open the door. And when we open that door, tell us what things need to be removed so you can sit with us. Like you say in uh, in Revelations, where it says Jesus is knocking at the door, waiting for one to open so he can sit down and dine. Lord, we want you to dine in every area with us within our lives. Dine with us, eat with us, have conversations with us, get comfortable in our lives, Lord Jesus. Lord, we are thank you for giving us this tool on how to make room for, for you in our lives. So we will do what we need to do to become the stewards and the people you have called us to be. In the name of Jesus. Once again, go to conqueringme.co to get the book and also follow us on all the social medias. We're on uh, Facebook, Instagram. We're getting our YouTube together and also we're getting Pinterest together. So all these things, go ahead and like, subscribe. And I want you to go ahead and put on your notifications so that when next week's episode, it hits, you do not miss. Love you all and speak to you next week. Thank you.